Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulihi Sayyidina Muhammad, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa ba'd. Tools of the spiritual trade, lesson number 13, fear and hope. Um, so this is a little bit longer of a chapter, there's a lot here. Uh, fear and hope, uh, al-khawf wa raja, are like the two sandals of the, the person who is on the path to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One gets a little bit ahead, and then the other gets a little bit ahead, and a person is balanced between the two of them. In fact, this is part of the aqidah of the Muslims. That a person shouldn't be like uh, the, the Nasara, that, oh, Jesus is like uh, uh, in my heart, and I'm saved, and there's nothing that could happen that could ever harm me again after this. Um, and oftentimes missionaries use this as a selling point. They say, well, Islam can't promise you salvation, whereas Christianity can and we say, well, you know, the government can also promise you 4% GDP growth, but it doesn't mean it's going to happen if it's not going to happen. Uh, the second thing is this, is that even rationally speaking, we know that that's not true. It's a false claim. Why? Because does every Christian die on Christianity? Do none of them apostate ever? No, in fact, a lot of them apostate. So this is a proof that they can't guarantee salvation, even by their own unrealistic benchmark of just having accepted faith being a, a marker of salvation. So, the aqidah of the Muslims is not like the Christians, that on one side it's like, we got it made, son, and that's it, Jesus is inside of me, now it's time to party. Uh, 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 or, you know, we're going to live a life of piety and we'll never screw up or never make a sin because Jesus is inside of us. Uh, it doesn't work that way. And then the other extreme is like, oh my God, we're all going to hell, there's no way to make God happy, and uh, I may as well just stop trying because there's no way it's going to happen. Our, our aqidah is what? that there's one extreme of hope and one extreme of fear, and a person lives in the space in the middle. That's a healthy spiritual life. It's not to, uh, uh, to uh, you know, take up residence in either one permanently. So a person may say, well, how should I balance, how should I fine-tune the, you know, the, 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 the mixture of fuel and air in the, in the combustion engine? How do, we, how do we get the optimum optimum mileage and power out of this fuel? And the answer is, when a person is uh, able to commit sins, young, healthy, has money, uh, uh, you know, you still have your hair, you still have your good looks, you still, you know, uh, uh, you know, you don't look like, you know, you got uh, beat in the face with a frying pan when you wake up in the morning. Uh, when you're still in that state, then the fear should be dominant over you. And when a person, those things have left, and a person, or a person is in a state of sickness or weakness or, or uh, near to death... Uh, or in difficulty, then the hope should overtake the fear, slightly. When a person is dying, remember this, when you're dying, everyone's going to die. I'm, so, I'm sorry, I'm not like, trying to be mean or nothing. You're all going to die, I'm going to die, all of, all of us are going to die one day. So if you have uh, the, the, the fadl from Allah Ta'ala to prepare for it, you know, you see it coming, then don't remember your sins, and don't, don't, you know, that's the time to remember Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala's mercy. Allah Ta'ala says, abdi bi. I am as my slave thinks of me. So, so you know, think of yourself, even when you remember your, your shortcomings, think of yourself as being, in, you and your shortcomings being insignificant in the face of Allah Ta'ala's mercy. Be concerned about returning people their debts that you owe them, or uh, returning people the, the rights that you violated from them. But when it comes to the relation between you and Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala at that time, keep in your heart the mercy of Allah Ta'ala. 
that you're, you're going back to the one who loves you more than your mother and your father did, the one who had more mercy on you than your mother and your father did, than your wife and your children, the one who loved you more than anybody else before he created the heavens and the earth. Uh, that, that 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 keep that hope dominant inside of you. Don't freak out. Oh, I'm going to go to Jannah. Don't 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 uh, don't don't do that at that time. That's very inappropriate at that time. Allah Most High. So we're talking about what? Fear and hope. Allah Most High says in his book, "Yoma yafirul mar'u min akhihi wa ummihi wa abihi wa sahibatihi wa banihi likullimri'in minhum yawma idhin sha'nun yughnih." The day of judgment will be such a such a scary day that a, a man will run from his brother and from his mother and from his father and from his uh, 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 his spouse and from his progeny. Every person that day will have uh, an affair that will uh, uh, make them separate from everybody else. Nobody will nobody will be able to worry about anyone else because they're so uh, uh, so scared about their own affair. And this is not just for the unrighteous, this is for everybody. Even the Anbiya that day when they realized they had a choice to do something better and they didn't do, do more than what they did, even that will be a source of fear for them because they have to stand in front of Allah Ta'ala. They're afraid that Allah will ask him why, uh, ask them why. And so what, what, what do you think will be the state of sinners? That's a day that every subhanAllah people, every Alhamdulillah, every La Ilaha Illallah, every Allahu Akbar, people will be roving around like uh, like hungry and thirsty, uh, uh, like madmen, people who their hunger and thirst has caused them to lose their mind just to take uh, one more good deed uh, uh, for themselves because of how, how severe that day will be. وَقَالَ تَعَالَى يَا إِيُّهَا النَّاسُ اتَّقُوا رَبَّكُمْ إِنَّ زَلْزَلَةَ السَّاعَةِ شَيْءٌ عَظِيمٌ يَوْمَ تَرَوْنَهَا تَذْهَلُ كُلُّ مُرْضِعَةٍ عَمَّا أَرْضَعَتْ وَتَضَعَ كُلُّ ذَاتِ حَمْلٍ حَمْلَهَا وَتَرَى النَّاسَ سُكَارَى وَمَا هُمْ بِسُكَارَى وَلَكِنَّ عَذَابَ اللَّهِ شَدِيدٌ He says, Allah Ta'ala says in, in his book, he says, Surah Al-Hajj, O mankind, fear your Lord, because indeed the, 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 the quake of the last hour is something uh, great, enormous. It's such a day that you will see uh, uh, every woman who's suckling a child leave the child that she's suckling, and that every uh, woman who is pregnant will uh, abort her her, preg- her pregnancy will abort, and you'll see the people as if they're drunk in, in their fear, uh, but they're not drunk. What caused them to be uh, to lose their minds is the the realization on that day that the the torment of Allah Taala is severe. And Allah Most High says, وَلِمَنْ خَافَ رَبِّهِ مَقَامَ رَبِّهِ جَنَّتَانِ He says that the, the, the person who feared the, 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 the standing, the day of standing in front of their Lord, that person will receive two jannahs. So we see here that the point of the, the fear is not just to be afraid all the time. There's a benefit in it. The benefit in the fear is what? Is that Allah Ta'ala, it will cause Allah Ta'ala to love a person, that, Allah, that, that, that the person didn't ignore him. But he took him seriously. And there's a reward for it that's far more than what the f- amount of fear is. You have some fear of Allah Ta'ala and He gives you such a reward that it extinguishes all of your fears forever. But it's for the ones who fear Him. It's not for, it's not for the ones who don't take Him seriously or take His, uh, his affair lightly. وَقَالَ تَعَالَى وَأَقْبَلَ بَعْضُهُمْ عَلَىٰ بَعْضٍ يَتَسَاءَلُونَ قَالُوا إِنَّا كُنَّا قَبْلُ فِي أَهْلِنَا مُشْفِقِينَ فَمَنَّ اللَّهُ عَلَيْنَا وَوَقَانَا عَذَابَ السَّمُومِ 
Allah Ta'ala, He mentions the, 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 the conversations of the people in Jannah, that some of them will, will uh, turn to others and uh, they'll ask one another, uh, how did you get here? And so people will say, we used to sit in the comfort of our homes and our families, completely safe from any, any harm or any difficulty or any want. But still we would sit in fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And because of our fear of Him, uh, He protected us from the, the torment of the, the heat of the fire. Uh, uh, and we always used to, we always used to say to one another that He's the one who fulfills all of His duties, the one who uh, fears Him. Uh, and He promised them a reward. He's the one that if we fear Him, He promises His reward. He will come through with it. It's not that we'll do our part and He'll leave us hanging. That he is, he's, al-bar, he's the one who fulfills his, his vows and, uh, and He is the most merciful. So this is what this means that even the fear is a positive thing. It's not a negative thing. It's not because we're supposed to live like super negative lives and like just, you know, the, 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 the point of the deen is that a person should suffer from some sort of psychiatric disorder where they're like afraid of everything. People who suffer from those disorders should get help. But the fear that's being described over here is what? The fear that's being described over here is, is the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as the way of showing him the respect that he's due. So the fear shouldn't overpower someone to the point where they can't do anything anymore. But it should be enough that they can't disobey him or it deters them from disobeying him. Again, like we said, the point with the shahawat is not to, that, to get rid of them completely. That's not possible and if it was possible it would be unhealthy. The point is to weaken them and to bring them to heal enough that, that, you, that your shahwat follow your orders and you don't follow your shahwat. When Sayyidina Abi Hurairah radiallahu ta'ala anhu qala qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallama man khafa adlaja wa man adlaja balagha al-manzil ala inna sil'atallahi ghaliya ala inna sil'atallahi al-jannah رواه الترمذي وقال حديث حسن وأدلج بإسكان الدال ومعناه سارة من أول الليل والمراد التشمير في الطاعة والله أعلم. This is also a very beautiful hadith, which is very جامع المعاني. It concentrates a lot of meaning in a few words. Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم. These are words to live by. I mean, literally, it's honestly. I want to say a couple of things. One is you probably have by this point. Heard my opinion how I detest I detest the fact that people who are not like learned in the deen give khutbahs and things like that and like speak and things like people will be like Sheikh make dua for me I want to be a speaker I'm like don't make dua for that make dua Allah is pleased with you you know if he chooses for you to be a speaker or whatever um, that's wonderful uh, but don't make it something you want make it something that happens because if you become a big speaker and whatever and Allah doesn't love you and you end up in the hellfire what's the point? And if Allah loves you and you never had a YouTube account or a Snapchat account or Instagram or uh, uh, Twitter or Facebook or any of these things, but Allah loves you and you go to Jannah forever, then what did you lose? No one's going to be in Jannah and say, oh man, I wish I spoke at the conference at the main session. Nobody's going to care. More people will regret it than, 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 than be happy about it. Let's just say that. More people will regret it than will be happy about it. And nobody, you know, if a person has half a brain, you're not going to want to play those odds. But still, some of these teachings, they're so wonderful and they're so simple. This is the genius of the Messenger of Allah wasallam. That even people who live in a time so removed from his time, and from a circumstance so removed from his circumstance, and who are deprived of the anwar of nubuwa, 
uh, of being in its proximity. Still, through the time, through the age, through the translation, through the paper, through the continents, through all of these huge barriers, still the ruhaniyah and the spirituality of these things still like shine through to the point where even I myself who uh, has the, the, the aforementioned distaste even think that these are things you should share with people. You share with them, share them with your non-Muslim friends. If, if the, you, know, you don't have to be all preachy and be like, you, know, you should become Muslim in this hadith. No, but if you have a chance, there's so many people who benefit from this in their dunya and in their akhirah. It's so common sense, but common sense unfortunately not so common. That Sayyidina Abu Hurairah anhu narrates that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa says, so if you have to give a khutbah, you know, say things like this, inshallah. And don't speak your own things, speak what the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa said. He said that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said that the one who is afraid, that person will leave in the first part of the night. What was the idea? That the Arabs used to travel by night because the Arabian Peninsula is extremely inhospitable during the daytime. And the direct sunlight will kill you. You will, you will, you will uh, die. You will get sunburned. You will, it will destroy your skin. It will, you will uh, be thirsty. Literally, Bedouins, if you see it, they breathe slowly. Why? Because if they breathe quickly and they speak very slowly and they they speak inside of their their mouth, why? Because if you open your mouth too much, literally all your moisture will be gone. Uh, uh, that's how inhospitable a place it is. So they used to travel by nighttime to save themselves from the, the, the merciless sun. So a person who has to travel, Rasulullah gives this analogy, that the person who has to travel, uh, and they fear the sun rising over them, they'll leave early in the early part of the night. They're not going to just chill out, have dinner, shoot the breeze, have chai, this, that, and the other thing, leave three in the morning. And what? Then they won't reach where they need to reach, but the sun will rise over them, and it will be a world of hurt. Right? So a person who fears the sun rising over their head, that person will leave in the first part of the night, and the person who leaves in, in the first part of the night will, leave, will arrive where they need to get before the sun rises. Right? This is like the tortoise and the hare. Uh, uh, the, the point of it is what? Is that the tortoise, even though he's slow and he doesn't have a lot going for him, he leaves, he, he does whatever he can. He leaves early and he just keeps at it. He doesn't, like, he doesn't let go. And why? what happens, we find out later on, that slow and steady wins the race. Right, the person who leaves the uh, who the person who fears the sun rising will leave in the early part of the night, and the person who leaves the early part of the night will arrive at their destination before the sun rises. Indeed, the merchandise of Allah Taala is expensive. This is one of the 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 tahrifat of this age that we live in. That people try to market the deen to one another as if it's an easy thing. I'm telling you, Sayyidina Bilal is having a stone put on him and he's getting lashed by, you know, by uh, Umayyah and, uh, 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 you know, the two parents of, uh, uh, of Ammar bin Yasser, radiallahu anhu, who are tortured, literally tortured to death. And he also <laughs> is tortured to the point where he loses his mind temporarily. And people are, uh, the Sahaba are giving their lives up in Badr and in Uhud and the Muhajirun have to leave their homes and, you know, whatever, the Spanish Inquisition and the Iberian Peninsula and the Crusades and all of this, the other stuff, you know, to, even to the point where look at what's happening to the the people in Burma. They're the tafsir of the ayah, that nobody had any spite for them for any reason other than they believed in Allah Ta'ala, Al-Aziz Al-Hamid. Literally, we see it happening all around us. And so far, we seem to be spared from much of it, but still... 
you know, this, uh, uh, you know, dude with like the orange dead cat stapled to his head is uh, retweeting weird like uh, 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 videos and saying, oh, look, Muslims are beating up kids in crutches and like uh, God knows what, like weird stuff that they're that, that they're just sending out the hate around us, you know, and to think that it's not going to affect us, even just a psychological stress and torment of the possibility that this will affect us that we go outside and people think that we're like the type of people who beat up crutches the kids and crutches and things like that it's a it's like it's difficult right uh, um it's 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 uh, uh it's it's difficult uh and so a person wonders why why do i have to carry this difficulty and so people who are marketing you like that the deen is easy Right? That this is a, a piece of the Quran is quoted out, out of context. Allah Ta'ala didn't make any difficulty for you in the deen. What's the context of it? How does that ayah begin? So, Jahidu fillahi haqqa jihadihi, struggle in the path of Allah Ta'ala, this is right to struggle. Is that a lot of struggle or a small amount of struggle? It's a lot, it's overwhelming. And then Allah Ta'ala says, and Allah Ta'ala didn't make anything difficult for you in the deen. Meaning what? Don't complain about it. I gave you a great task. Also, you receive the only thing greater than the task that you have is the help you'll receive in uh, in prosecuting it. So don't complain afterward. Don't be a whiner. That's the context of it. But otherwise, anyone who reads the Sirah and reads the Sahaba radiallahu anhum either has to come to the conclusion either these people are not an example for us or uh, uh, something's gone very horribly wrong. And the fact of the matter is the deen is difficult. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is saying what? Indeed, the merchandise of Allah is expensive. You will have to sacrifice things for it. You won't get it for free. The reason you're going to Jannah is not because you're like whatever from, from Texas. You and your Texas mean nothing to Allah Ta'ala. Nothing. Your degrees, your school, your job, your money means nothing. Each of us is more insignificant to Allah Ta'ala than the bacteria that we kill by the millions every time we wash our hands. They mean nothing to Allah Ta'ala. The thing that means something to him is that a person loves him. That endears this even this small bacteria to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala or what's less than a bacteria. Then Allah Ta'ala says, this thing, whatever it is, it's, it loves me. And so I, my, my promise is that whoever takes me as a friend, they'll see how good of a friend I am and how powerful of a friend I am and what the benefits there are in my friendship. Uh, but what is it? The idea it's going to come easy? Whoever's telling it to you, they're lying to you. They're poisoning your ears. It's not true, it's not correct. It's, it's wrong. Nabi Sallallahu says that indeed the merchandise of Allah Ta'ala is expensive. You have to pay for it. It costs you something. It's not more than what you have, but it is what you have. It's not going to come cheap. Indeed the merchandise of Allah Ta'ala is what? It's al-jannah. So you give what you have, which is very little. What I have, which is very little. Even if we're billionaires, if we give a billion dollars, it means nothing to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. The galaxy that we live in, which is too big for us to imagine, he has billions of them. And he can create, you know, a billion times more than that uh, 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 without any effort from nothing. It means the, whatever, even if we were to give a billion dollars, it doesn't mean anything to him, Jalla wa'ala. Right? But it's the love from him that he accepts. And that's a very big price for a person to pay, to pay from their own heart. That you sacrifice everything, the space, the real estate inside of your heart, you push everything, evict everything out, and say, this belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's a, it's a high price to pay, it's not cheap. It's not easy. It's more difficult than just signing a check and saying, here, take the billion dollars. If I could push a button and be a pious man, I would have done so. But it's not that easy. 
ألا إن سلعة الله غالية ألا إن سلعة الله الجنة Indeed, the sil'a, the merchandise of Allah Ta'ala is expensive. But the merchandise of Allah Ta'ala is what? Al-Jannah. Nothing you give. There's no billion dollars that could buy something like that. And the greatest blessing of Jannah is that Allah is pleased with a person. Uh, uh, and the blessings then, uh, 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 they continue for, uh, thereafter. So, uh, I, I think this is a good time, inshallah, to take a couple of questions, if there are questions.